Good Easter morning to you. We at Cypress Bible Church are celebrating today with a different title. We're calling it Resurrection Sunday because we want to emphasize the significance of what our Savior Jesus Christ accomplished. He overcame the grave and he rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a day that has divided history before Christ and after death. It is the resurrection of Jesus that provides eternal life to all who believe upon him. The Apostle Paul said, If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still dead in your sins, and we are the most pitiable of all people. So on this Resurrection Sunday 2020, our church may be empty, but so too is the tomb of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because he is risen. Christ is risen indeed. I'm Dave Munsinger, pastor for care and counseling and my family has kept this as a tradition for many years that we respond to each other through this historic call where someone in the family will say, Christ is risen, and the other will reply back, He is risen indeed. I find this greatly encouraging to myself, deep down in my soul, to proclaim the greatest news of all time, that Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. I hope your, your family will adopt this tradition as well on Resurrection Sunday. Your family at Cypress Bible Church is holding you in prayer and desires to minister to you as we are living through this corona captivity. We are continuing to observe the government guidelines and we are praying that we can resume normal life as soon as possible and that the Lord would cease the spread of this terrible disease. We are praying for our medical professionals that they will be able to heal and give medical treatment to people who are suffering. We would ask you to keep them in prayer also those who are first responders and those involved in the food supply chain. We would um, like to give you some reminders and encouragement to you before our worship begins. One, visit our website, cypressbible.org, cypressbible.org. At the top of the screen, click on the virtual programming tab that will allow you to find out what's going on in our church ministries during this corona pandemic. On our virtual programming page, you will find things like how to join a virtual group, how to participate in our weekly Thursday Zoom prayer meeting, access to devotionals and training videos that are produced by our staff. Daily devotionals are now being emailed to everyone on our mailing list. If you're not on our mailing list, go to our website and contact us to add you to that list. We would also encourage you to go to the website where you can also give. You can also give by text or continue to send your checks into the church office. Also, lastly, we would encourage you uh, to link our, our worship services to your social media. What we've been hearing and learning is that people who were not going to church before Corona are now going to church websites and participating in worship services there. So you might consider sh sharing the news with others. Our virtual services have been uh, ministering very powerful um, to people, and we love getting your feedback. I would encourage you to prepare yourself now to worship, to settle yourself in, get comfortable there in your home. I hope that no matter what your circumstances are, that you would uh, find today that the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ will minister to you deeply. We will begin our sh services shortly and they can be replayed at any time. Our live streaming occurs every Sunday at 9.30,
The 11 o'clock is a recorded replay, and they can be viewed all week long. God bless you. Happy Resurrection Day. And remember, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's sing together. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Sons of men and angels say, Hallelujah. Raise your joy and trials high. Hallelujah. Singing heaven and earth revive. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The Apostle Peter in his first epistle said this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And then a German hymn writer, 
nearly 250 years ago, wrote this. Jesus lives, and so shall I. Death, your sting is gone forever. He who deigned for us to die lives the bands of death to sever. He shall raise us from the dust. Jesus is our hope and trust. Jesus lives and reigns supreme and his kingdom still remaining. We shall also be with him ever living, ever reigning. God has promised, be it must. Jesus is our hope and trust. Jesus lives and by his grace, victory over our passions giving, we will cleanse our hearts and ways ever for his glory living. His life through us is true and just. Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, is our hope and trust. Jesus lives. We know full well, not from him our hearts can sever. Life nor death, nor powers of hell, joy nor grief, henceforth forever. None of all his saints is lost. Jesus is our hope and trust. The King of Kings called me 
Celebrate because he lives. I believe in the sun, and I believe in the risen one, and I believe I overcome by the power of his blood. Amen. I was dead in the 
sing this together. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at his feet we Up his holy name. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King.
By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your spirit I will rise. Ashes of defeat, the resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of The tomb where soldiers watched in vain was borrowed for three days. His body there would not remain. Our God has robbed the
This is Pastor Evan. I wish we could be together, uh, but I'm so glad I get to share with you today. Um, be sure to check out our Kids Life Facebook page, and you can see our Kids Life worship service videos and even more cool resources for you and your family. Now, I would need you to go ahead and give a greeting to someone in your room with you. Uh, it could be a high five, a, ha uh, a handshake, a hug, whatever you want it to be. Uh, give them a nice greeting. Now, I need some help from the parents or adults or siblings, whoever is in the room. I need you to go ahead and grab your phone and open up the camera app, okay? I need you to go ahead and take some pictures during the kids' message today. Now, we know from God's word that Jesus came to earth, and he was the greatest person ever. People wanted to come hear him. Uh, kids flocked to the, him. The whole land of Israel was puzzled by him. And he had a whole group of people that followed him, his friends, his disciples, they went with him everywhere. Now, I want you to imagine that you are one of Jesus' disciples. You spent three years learning from him, enjoying life with him, praying with him, and playing with him. You've seen him do amazing things and discovered that he is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the one God chose to save us. But one day, Jesus is talking to you, and he tells you something strange. He tells you that he is going to die and rise again from the dead. He warns you and promises you that he will return. But the disciples can't understand. It's almost as if their eyes are closed. They couldn't see what Jesus was talking about. So I need you to close your eyes. Now, don't touch your face, but I want you to close your eyes, and adults, go ahead and take some pictures of them with their eyes closed. Now, you have seen Jesus do amazing things time and time again. Nothing is impossible for him. But one evening, you gather for Passover feast, and Jesus is sad, and he tells you that he is going to be leaving soon. You go to a garden late at night, and he goes off to pray, and suddenly guards come into the garden, and they arrest Jesus. And he could have overpowered them or disappeared, but instead, he went with them. Why would Jesus do that? It says that Jesus was teased and bullied, taken to court, embarrassed, betrayed, and people shout they want him to die. Jesus is beat up, torn up, raised up on a cross, and you see him die. 
why is this happening? Why would Jesus allow this to happen? Now keep your eyes closed. You can't see anything. But you know who can see? The person with the camera. They can see the big picture because they can see. You can't because your eyes are closed. You can't see what's going on. That's how the disciples felt. They couldn't understand what was going on that Easter. Jesus died on Friday, and he was buried in a tomb, and the disciples felt that everything had gone wrong. But then they heard some amazing news. And as they gathered together, suddenly Jesus appeared in front of them, risen from the dead. Open your eyes. Look around. You can see. You don't have to sit in darkness anymore. Jesus is alive. I want you to jump up. I want you to dance. I want you to celebrate. Parents, adults, take pictures of them as they're celebrating. We can celebrate because Jesus died to pay for our sins and take our punishment from us. He died and rose again to give us eternal life and make it so that we can have a relationship with God if we trust in him. Praise God. Now, I want you to sit down and come a little closer to the screen. I want you to listen up. Now, right now, we can understand how those disciples felt. You see, I want you to close your eyes. Right now, we can't understand what's happening around the world. We can't understand why these bad things are happening. You might be scared. You might be worried. You might be sad that you can't see your friends right now. We can't see the big picture. But God knows what's happening. God is in control. He knows what is going on. He can see the big picture just like your parents can see what's going on in the camera. God is in control. Jesus promised his disciples that he would be with them always, and that means that he is with you right now as you sit at home. I want you to open your eyes again. Resurrection Sunday reminds us that nothing can stop God. Enemies, sin, death, pain, brokenness, nothing can stop God. I want you to remember that Jesus is alive, that he is with you, and he is in control. Praise God. I hope you all have a wonderful Easter, and I hope I get to see you soon. Worship is about giving God the honor and glory and praise that he deserves. And uh, one of the ways that we do that is through our financial gifts. If you are a follower of Jesus and supportive of this ministry, then uh, this would be a good time to uh, give to the Lord uh, via text or online giving or write a check and to mail that in as the Lord leads. If you're a follower of Jesus and part of this ministry. Right now I want to pray speak to the Lord on your behalf. So join me as I lead us. Lord God, we gather to celebrate that Jesus is alive. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you for what you have accomplished. Lord, we bring our world before you, our country before you, our city before you, our church before you. Lord Jesus, as you traveled through towns and villages curing every disease and illness during your ministry on earth. At your command, the sick were made well. We pray that you would come to our aid now in the midst of this global spread of virus, that we may experience your healing love, 
heal those who are sick. May they regain their strength and health. Lord, heal those who are fearful, those who are full of doubt and concern and worry, fear that prevents people from working together and neighbors from helping one another and individuals from living lives that are full of your grace and peace. Heal us. Heal us from our pride, which can make us do things that are unwise or to claim invulnerability to a disease that knows no borders. Jesus Christ, healer of all, stay by our side during this time of uncertainty and sorrow. We thank you that your living presence is here. Be with families of those who are sick and those who have lost loved ones. And as they worry and as they grieve, defend them from illness and despair, from hopelessness. May they know your joy and peace. Be with our doctors and nurses and researchers and all those who are on the front lines of this, from those who are stocking grocery shelves to, to those who are responding to crisis, uh, to our emergency services and police personnel. Lord, we just bring these people to you. As they put themselves in risk during this time, may they know your protection and peace. Lord, be with the leaders of our nation and every nation. Uh, give them foresight that they need to act with love and true concern for the well-being of the people they're meant to serve. Give them wisdom, not only for today, but to invest in long-term solutions that, that will help prepare for, for future outbreaks of this type. May they know your peace as they work to achieve peace in this time. And Lord, right now, wherever we are, scattered as a church throughout this community and around this country, Lord Jesus, may we know the resurrection power in our lives. Raise us. Raise our eyes to see you in all your glory. Help us to keep our eyes from our circumstances above all of that to the living Jesus. Lord, as we endure, as we persist, as we mourn and prepare in the midst of all and any anxiety give us your peace overflow us with resurrection power in the name of the father son and holy spirit we pray amen
What are some things that can take away your joy? A few years ago, church that I pastored had a break-in the day before Easter. So on Sunday morning, when the first people showed up, they discovered a, a metal kitchen serving cart out in the parking lot, which was curious. And then they found that the church had been broken into, and all kinds of things were missing. They, they took the copy machine and the laser printers and the TVs and the fax machine, which was valuable back then, and, and, and computers. In fact, the entire sound system was gone. Every component, every microphone, even the speakers had been unscrewed from the walls, the mounting brackets, and microwaves were removed from the kitchens and nursery. Even a supply of candy was taken, along with a, a bunch of shirts with the church logo on them. What the thieves wanted with that, I have no idea. They'd use the, the kitchen cart to wheel out the big items. 
So what happens when your stuff is stolen? Stuff is easier to replace than what Arnold Schwarzenegger lost. He did a fascinating interview a few years back, and this muscle man, movie star, said he feels okay until he looks in a mirror. The seven-time Mr. Olympia, Conan the Barbarian, the Terminator, former governor of California, is decaying, he says. Arnold is almost two inches shorter than he used to be. His waist is bigger, but his chest has shrunk by six inches. He's had two heart surgeries. And he realizes, he says, that the dye in his hair and the heavy tan can't hide his lost youth and strength. And so Arnold says, I live in denial. What happens when your youth and strength is lost? One of my very good friends started a business that grew into a multi-million dollar operation. And the business just kept growing and spreading out into subsidiaries and and product lines. And the amount of money and, and influence that it was generating was amazing. The main client was a major company that all of us would know. And one year, that client took all their accounts elsewhere. My friend's company was almost immediately doomed. He went from president of one corporation to an employee at another at a greatly reduced salary. What happens when your business disappears? Amy and I are close friends with a couple we've known since uh, before we were married. And they were expecting their first child over 30 years ago. And everything was great and fine until the, the ninth month. And little Jocelyn died. The happy expectations of, of welcoming a newborn were, were replaced by grief and pain. What happens when something so precious is taken from you and buried in the ground. This life is full of uncertainty, in case you didn't know. One week, unemployment is the lowest it's been in decades. And a week later, millions of Americans file for unemployment. Our lives were kind of humming along, I think, with career and recreation and gatherings and school and projects and plans for weddings and and graduations and celebrations. And a month later, everything's shut down. Restaurants, businesses, schools are closed. Trips and, and sports and events are all canceled. Parks are closed. In this day of of pandemic and global destruction. It's vital for us to hear again one of the many promises that Jesus makes. Jesus said, no one will take away your joy. How's that possible? I mean, to a world that's filled with empty promises and lies and false advertising, Jesus says, life as you know it could come crashing down completely. You could lose everything, but no one can take away your joy. On this resurrection morning, this is the message God has for us, that no matter what you may lose, in spite of what might be taken from you, Jesus promises abiding joy. How's that possible? How can Jesus say that there's a joy that can't be taken away? 
What we need to understand the context of these words, when they were spoken, to whom they were spoken, and what Jesus was founding this on. It comes from John chapter 16. And it's there, these words are spoken to his disciples on the night before his death on the cross. And these words are still true for those who follow Jesus today. Jesus was about to endure what he came into this world to do. To suffer in agony and die a bloody death as the sin bearer, the sacrifice. Jesus was about to be executed, buried, and three days later rise from the grave. All for the salvation of the world, for all who believe. And the night it all began, Jesus said to his followers, and pick it up in John 16, verse 16, a little while, and you will see me no longer, and again a little while, and you will see me. Well, this puzzled the disciples. They were puzzled a lot, as Pastor Evan referred to earlier. Because Jesus had repeatedly said about how he would be betrayed and turned over to the religious leaders and then killed, tortured, killed, and three days later would rise. He said that repeatedly. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. They were in darkness about it. And so when he says this, they are puzzled. Verse 17, they, they can't figure it out. They're, they're muttering amongst themselves. And verse 18, they, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. It's one of the qualifiers of being a disciple. You don't understand a lot. That's what these guys were struggling with. And knowing that they didn't get it, as usual, Jesus explained. These are Jesus' words, verse 21 and following. A, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. So Jesus is talking about his suffering and death. That, that within hours he would be arrested, he would be tortured, he would be sentenced, he would be executed by the Roman government. They didn't know that their time of grief was almost on them at that very moment. And Jesus is telling them that. And when it happens, this time of grief, the disciples would run and hide. Run away from the one they thought so much of. But Jesus assures them that even though their hopes would be dashed and their dreams seemed to be shattered. Jesus assures them that this would not be the end. They would see him again. Their tears would turn to laughter. The one they lost would be with them in a whole new way. And Jesus compares it to the birth of a baby. The tears and the agony and the cries as the baby that's been so close and so secure and so comfortable in the womb is cast out in a painful and bloody birth. But in a little while, the pain is overwhelmed by joy. And the loss is replaced with a child who is present in a whole new way. So in a little while, Jesus would be lost in a painful, bloody crucifixion. And the disciples would experience agony and fear and tears and despair. But in that loss, they would gain Jesus in a whole new way. 
at his resurrection, they would see him and touch him and hang out with the Jesus who shook off the grave clothes and walked out of the tomb, conquering death and guaranteeing victory for all who believe. Now, don't miss the source of this joy that Jesus talks about. Jesus was with them again. See, joy comes from being with Jesus. Or or should I say, the source of joy is Jesus being present with you. Now please see that in order to have a joy that no one can take away, that's unshakable, the source of your joy has to last forever. Many of us go through life, or even from one day to the next, basing our joy on something else or someone else. And because that thing or that person won't last forever, that's one reason we don't experience this kind of joy. So for a moment, I want you to examine the source or sources of your joy. If your joy comes from friends, then joy lasts only as long as they do. It's based on how many friends you have and and if those friends are meeting your needs and your expectations when they disappoint you, when they fail you, when they move away, when they develop new interests, when they choose other friends over you, when they block your texts or unfriend you, your joy evaporates. Or if your joy comes from power and control, your joy lasts only as long as you can hold on to that power and control. And in desperate attempts to to hold on to it, you, you become an even more controlling person. And some of you are in a relationship with that kind of person. It's extremely difficult. Because they've located all their joy in being in charge. Something like this comes along, this pandemic, and it, and it unmoors you from that sense of control. But when it's, that's the source of your joy, then you do just about anything to hold on to to your position or to your dominance, to your title, to your power, because that's where your joy emanates from. If your joy is family, then your joy lasts only as long as they do. If one of them dies, it's over. It's a tragedy from which you don't seem to be able to recover. Or when your kids rebel, or when they don't keep in contact with you, or when when they marry somebody that you don't approve of, your happiness ends. When there's a family fight or a family funeral or when your spouse leaves you or disappoints you, it's over. Basing your joy on some other person is an easy mistake that that happens all too often in our world. And and the result is things like this. If you desperately want to get married and you can't find the right person, then you don't have any joy. Or if you are so desperate that you delude yourself into thinking that the wrong person is the right person, then your joy disintegrates along with the relationship. If your joy is located in another individual, then when you find that relationship unexciting or unfulfilling, you'll blame that person or you'll start looking for someone else to fill the joy void. If your joy is your health, And joy lasts only as long as you're healthy. And if you're diagnosed with cancer or coronavirus, then joy seems to be vaporized. If your joy is physical fitness, then joy lasts until you can no longer go into the gym or or until you've fallen and you can't get up. If your joy is youth, 
It lasts only until the wrinkles show up. When the hair goes gray, the, the joints ache, the muscles disappear, skin sags, and you can no longer fool anyone with dyes or Botox or plastic surgery, then there's a loss of joy. If your joy is financial security, it rises and falls with the stock market. It, it, it tanks when you owe more on your house than it is now worth. Your, your sense of well-being gets wrapped up in, in interest rates and investments or the bottom line of your bank account. The source of joy is your career. The joy lasts until retirement or until your, your job disappears or your job is outsourced to another country or, or until somebody else uh, shows up and their success overshadows your success. If your source of joy is religion or church, joy will last until they change the music or change the pastor or go online only or until you realize that you're, you're trying to earn God's favor, which never works and kills your joy. So the bottom line is the reason you're miserable is because you have the wrong source of joy. The only joy that lasts is the presence of Jesus. So let me put it in these words, that joy is always possible because Jesus lives. That's the bottom line. As long as the eternal Jesus is your joy, no one can take that away. As one writer said, the resurrection of Jesus means that not only will he live forever as the source of our joy, but you will live forever if he is the source of your joy. That's an unchangeable, untouchable, unshakable truth because Christ defeated death. The resurrection is an essential reality today and every day of your life. So listen to what Jesus said, Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. He said, I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. So the risen Jesus declares that he's triumphed over the grave. He holds the keys to death and hell. And so when he says, no one will take your joy from you, he means as long as your joy is in him, it's eternal because he's eternal. Because he will never die, your joy can never die. Every other source of joy will fade or fail. But Jesus is alive forevermore. So, joy is always possible because Jesus lives. Now, you can choose to ignore that joy. You can place your source of joy in other things or other people. You can refuse to hold on to it and let go of it. But no person and no circumstance can steal it from you. When he said no one will take away your joy, he means that joy can't be placed out of your reach. That there will never be a position where joy is not possible. There's a, a video taken at Minute Maid Park several years ago that that really made the rounds. It, it went viral. The title of the video was Evil Woman Steals Ball from Girl. I mean, 11 million people saw this online. And that's the title. Seems a little harsh to call her evil, but here's what happened, if you don't remember. There's a little girl standing, and a player flips a ball to her. 
This woman comes out of her seat, rips the ball out of her hand, triumphantly turns around, high-fives her friends, and goes and sits back down. And the poor little girl turns around and sadly walks up the stairs. There was a rumor going around that the woman was a child psychologist. That is a false rumor. And sadly, it was not the last time something was stolen at Minute Maid Park. But what I want you to think about is this. If you can imagine any way that joy can be snatched out of your hands, it's misplaced. (laughs) Because if your joy is sourced in Jesus, he promises that no one can take it away because he lives. It can't be pulled out of your life by some outside force. It it can't be robbed by a broken relationship or lost through a virus or or stolen by betrayal or washed away in floodwaters or or buried in a grave. When your joy is in the Jesus who lasts forever, that means you last forever because of the Jesus who never dies. You will never die. That's what Jesus said to Martha. As her own brother Lazarus lay dead in a tomb, John eleven twenty five, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. The glory of the resurrection is that death no longer has the power to separate us from Jesus, the living one. To love Jesus means that his presence with us is unchanged between this life and the next. So not even death itself can remove the joy of those whose trust is in Christ. So every one of you who believes has this promise of Jesus. And it's easy for us to lose sight of that very important and basic fact. It's it's very easy for us to allow bad news, bad thoughts, bad people, bad times to, to cloud our joy. For many of you who believe, you desperately need this reminder today. You urgently need to hear the living Jesus say, no one will take away your joy. On this Resurrection Sunday, Jesus reminds us that because he lives, we have a joy that's untouchable, that's invulnerable, unshakable. No power on earth, not even hell itself can take it away. See, when The source of your joy is Jesus. It is forever unshakable. And if knowing Jesus is alive and with you to the end doesn't thrill you, then you need to question whether you've actually received his promise. The only way you can have joy that no one can take away from you is if your joy is located in him alone. Unless he is your greatest delight, no other joy will last Every other joy will be taken from you. Jesus is the only unshakable, unquenchable, unending joy. Perhaps even right now you you know that that's not true in your life. That he's not your greatest joy. You're familiar with Easter. That's why you're watching. You understand that it celebrates the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. But, But unless you've received what God has offered In Christ, that knowledge will not save you. If you've never made this truth the center of your life, 
never received the power of Christ's resurrection that rescues you from sin and shame and despair to turn from your sin yourself to Christ alone. And I invite you to do that today, right now, wherever you are. You can turn from whatever else it is that you're trusting in, that you're centering your life in, that you're hoping in, and turn to Jesus alone. Turn away from your sin to the Savior. Turn away from your selfishness and self-sufficiency and toward the living Redeemer. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. To confess Jesus means he lives in you. You are his temple. You become his child. You belong to him. You are in Christ, and no one can take you away. No power in earth and hell, no demon can take you away from the living Savior. And because of that, joy is possible in any and every situation. If you know that you need to turn to Jesus, and you need help in doing that, I, I just encourage you to please feel free to, to call me. Uh, there's my business card on the screen. There, there's my email address. You, you email me today. I, I will get to you. I will respond to you as quickly as I can and, and talk with you about the power of the gospel and how you can place your faith and trust in Christ alone and know that then you will have a joy and a life that no one can take away, not even death itself. Richard Stearns was president of World Vision when he visited Haiti about a year after the devastating earthquake that killed so many people there. He went to a church in Port-au-Prince, uh, and that church was meeting in a tent that was made out of white tarp and duct tape, and, and, and that church was surrounded by a camp, this camp, for thousands of people who were still homeless. Here's what he saw under that tent of the church. He said this, In the front row sat six amputees, ranging in age from six to 60. They were clapping and smiling as they sang song after song and lifted their prayer to God. The worship was full of hope and thanksgiving. No one was singing any louder or praying more fervently than Demosi, a 32-year-old unemployed single mom of two. During the earthquake, her right arm and left leg were crushed. Four days later, both limbs were amputated. Now she leads the choir, standing on one leg, lifting her one hand high in praise to God. Demosi and her two daughters live in a tent five feet tall and eight feet wide. Bigger than the house you're quarantined in, I imagine. Now, despite losing her job, her home, her two limbs, she is deeply grateful, Stern says, because God spared her life. Demosi says, God brought me back like Lazarus, giving me the gift of life so I can raise my girls and serve the Lord for a few more years. Stern says he was struck by how, as a privileged American, he could complain about small inconveniences like a clogged drain or a slow Wi-Fi connection. And yet he said they're under a tent, held together with duct tape, people who had lost everything, 
still had joy. See, the reality is, through the living Jesus, your joy is forever unshakable. As we bring this service to a close today, the band is going to lead us in a song that together we can celebrate the resurrection. If you know the risen Jesus, then then, I call you to express that joy, that truth in this song with us. Let the words of the living Savior reverberate in your soul. No one can take away your joy. That's his promise. That's the truth. So I invite you that wherever you are, just stand in your home, uh, whether you're alone or with others, to stand together and join us in singing this song to honor the King of Kings, the, the risen Lord. Because Christ has bridged the gap between heaven and earth. And because he lives, we have life and hope and unshakable joy on this resurrection morning. That is what I want you to celebrate today. The joy that is true and forever available because Jesus lives. Thanks be to God. celebrate together the fact that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And in Him alone we find our hope. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled, when striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand
From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. continue to stand, receive this benediction, as I always give to you here from the Word of God, from Hebrews chapter 13, maybe you would open up your hands to receive this word from the Lord as we close. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.